Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Uh, this is the Peristyle Podcast. Sorry for the the non-enthusiastic uh, intro. It's a, a sad day for the USC football community, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Here on the Peristyle Podcast, uh, we're going to have Coach Harvey Hyde on here in a second, and we're going to have uh, Peter Arbogast, the voice of the Trojans, uh, a little bit later on. We have some sad news to report. Uh, Sunday, uh, longtime friend Gary Paskowitz uh, covered USC uh, since the, the mid nineties, uh, passed away due to a stroke. So he's the founder of wersc.com. Uh, he started back in 96, uh, with Trojan football facts, the same year I started covering the team. So someone I've seen around, uh, for the last, you know, 20 something years, uh, around covering USC and, uh, you know, kind of getting word over the weekend that Gary passed away and it was just hard to believe uh, certainly too young at 52 years old. He graduated from USC in 1988, uh, the year I got to USC in, uh, in 89. So we didn't cross paths at USC. Um, but certainly over the last 20, whatever years together growing up in this industry and, uh, you know, and being part of it and, and covering USC. So a really sad day. And uh, I wanted to, I know someone, you know, coach Harvey Hyde's here. Um, I wanted to talk with coach about this a little bit. Because uh, I, I know, Coach, you've you've worked with Gary quite a bit over the years. I have, and uh, we certainly want to pass on our condolences to the USC family, and for all of you out there that follow both uh, websites and both services because they're excellent. And uh, I've been associated with Ryan. I don't know how many years now, Ryan. And during that period of time, and the time that I've been going to practice at USC and the games at USC. You always see Gary Paskowitz in our certain uh, area, the sandbox, I call it, as a smartass uh, as far as watching practice. And Gary was always there and smiling and saying hello to all of us. And he was like you. He never missed a practice, never missed a press conference, never missed anything that had to do with USC Trojan football. And he always had a smile on his face. He always looked forward to looking to see people. He loved recruiting. He loved evaluation of players. He traveled as you do Ryan to all the different games and yeah and I became very much acquainted with him as I have you as far as doing radio shows together and and all the different things we've associated ourselves with and he's a very special person I think he would uh, agree with me as you are and your staff is and his staff is uh, there's a as a togetherness as far as who we are what we do what we represent and Gary represented USC Trojan football with great loyalty and love, and that was him. That was Gary Paskowitz. It was his life to know the players, his life to report on what he saw. He tried to do that uh, very uh, positively, yet when it was necessary to say things that maybe wasn't uh, in the in – the, it was very difficult for him to say things maybe that I say a little bit easier. But uh, we've lost him. Uh, I tweeted that out, and I don't know if you've had a chance to hear what I said or what I – what I wrote in my tweet yet, Ryan, but I did do a second tweet, and I said that I would recommend, as far as to the USC administration, as far as the athletic department, that in the new press box, uh, 
the new renovated press box that they have a Gary Pasquit chair so that Gary is there and he always has a lifetime credential. He never misses a home game, which he would, he's not going to anyway in away games, but it sort of, sort of recognizes his passion as far as the USC Trojan football. Now, a lot of you out there don't know him. A lot of you out there don't understand that there's a real dedicated effort by these guys as far as what they cover and how they do it and try to give you really a service that tells you and gives you the inside of what's going on in recruiting and coaching and coaching changes and results and all the different things. When I go to practice, I'm more or less talking a lot. These guys are texting and writing and doing all the necessary things to really do a conscientious job. And Gary did that. I knew his family. Uh, when we do a radio show in Pasadena at the Salabella Pizzeria, uh, once a month, uh, Gary came there regularly, as Ryan has and Dan Weber has and Greg Katz has and others have. Uh, and his mother and brother would always come and eat uh, pizza there with us. And uh, I'm very, I feel as though I'm close with his family and I want to pass on our condolences, all of our condolences to his family and recognize him for what he has achieved. And as you said, uh, Ryan, a uh, young age, way too early. And uh, I think they've lost uh, the 12th man at USC as far as USC Trojan football is concerned. Real passionate guy like you are. Yeah, and Coach, uh, you had a couple great tweets, and I think that's an awesome idea to have a, a Gary Paskowitz chair. Uh, in the USC press box. Um, if, if you don't remember last year, 2017, Sean Adams, someone who I've known for many years, he covered Texas. He covered, you know, I, I was part of Rivals when uh, he was with, I think he covered Baylor and then Texas, but long time writer. He played at Cal and uh, suddenly passed away like two days before the USC Texas game in the Coliseum. And they, they left a spot open for him there and had something nice. But for someone like Gary, that's been, you know, been a fixture around there. I think it'd be great um, to have a, a chair for him. And, and, you know, Tim Tesloan does a really good job with stuff like that. I'm sure they're going to do something. Uh, I heard from, you know, Tim this morning, uh, started to hear stuff yesterday and it was just, you know, as I was coming back from Hawaii covering the Polynesian bowl and it's just incredibly sad. And, and so if people don't know, I think one of the most common questions I got coach was uh, like, were Gary and I like enemies? Cause we were, you know, competitors and stuff. And I, there's certainly, I mean, obviously there's competition in any industry you're in. Um, and there's people on the beat that don't get along or whatever. And and Gary was not one of those guys. I don't know anyone that didn't get along uh, with Gary Paskowitz because he was just that genuinely nice of a guy. And um, it's, it's so, it's very sad. And I feel like, you know, we, we would call or text each other when there was something going on, like with the industry or with with our group, uh, like if someone might have been, uh, I don't know if it was a little out of line or someone that was doing something, you know, Gary and I were kind of like the, the godfathers of USC football internet. And we would have to usually talk to each other and then go, go to Tim Tesalone and, you know, the sports information director, if there was any kind of issue to address. And I just, you know, it was weird right before we got on this, uh, Joey Kaufman from the Orange County Register had called me. He's putting a piece together and was asking me, some questions and it's just kind of going back and thinking about things, how the industry changed and how we sort of grew up in this. Um, I start, so just like I started uscfootball.com, the, the, the bones of the site 
1996 and I was a full-time engineer at the time and doing this, I had no journalistic background. Gary had a degree in sports information. He worked with Tim Tessalone when he was in school and I, and like Greg, uh, Greg Biggins from, from two, four, seven tweeted out. He said, devastating news. I started in the business with Gary back in 96 at student sports and never met anyone so passionate or joyful about what he did. He truly loved USC football and was definitely a pioneer in the business. Very sad to hear he's gone. And it's true. So Gary was, was involved in it. And then he became part of what was Trojan football facts. It was trojanfootballfacts.com. And I think you got literal faxes. Um, and then he eventually, I believe, took that over in 98 is when he started wersc.com. And so we were kind of to, I started uscfootball.com, bought the domain name in 97. So all of this was happening around the same time. And we were, you know, kind of growing up together in the industry. He ended up joining what was the original rivals.com. If you remember that, it was a, a kind of combination of what rivals and scout were. And that ended up splitting off, I think, yeah, in, in like 2000. And it became two sites, rivals and scout. And Gary ended up being on the scout side. And I ended up being on the rival side. That was in 2001, I believe that that all happened. And so we kind of grew up together, um, you know, with creating these sites and, and we really sort of caught, you know, it caught fire when, when Pete Carroll took over. So like when I joined rivals, when Pete Carroll was there, things started getting really good. You know, you were covering, I think I was covering John Robinson, the second early and then in Paul Hackett. And now, you know, Pete Carroll is there and things started to get really juicy and good. And the, and the team was good and recruiting was good and things had changed and I didn't, I didn't tell anyone this until this morning when I told my wife and, and my mom on the phone when I was talking about this. Um, I, when I quit my engineering job in 2004, Gary Paskowitz was a huge reason why. Because our two sites were both growing, but Gary could go to like the off-season workouts or I believe in even practices back then. And I, I was in my day job and I couldn't do it. And it was like I needed to make a decision do I want to do this full time or, or let it go or something? Because I can't be, I can't let, you know, I, I can't, I'm so competitive. I want to make sure I'm able to do this as, as good as I possibly can. So coach, I never really told him, but like he was a, a big part of the reason why I quit my engineering job to do this and, and, and then, you know, grow the site from there. But it was a, I mean, it was a huge change in my life, you know, and, and as the site grew and, you know, it's, employed lots of people and, and it's been my livelihood for the last 15 years. Um, I mean, part of that's due to Gary and, and us sort of like building this, you know, whatever you want to call it, it was like we, carving out our niche in this industry because we weren't accepted. We were the internet and it took us kind of working together with Tim Tessalone to get new concessions and to get like access to practice and then get game credentials, you know, one at first and then, oh, you could get a, a photographer. Then, you know, became, now we're the most, you know, no one credentials where people, no one's out there covering the game more than uh, the sites on the internet. And in the beginning, it wasn't like that. It was all traditional media. And I feel like Gary and I kind of worked together uh, through that, you know, in the early years to sort of make that happen. So now it's the most common thing. It's mostly the internet that's covering teams. Uh, but sorry for that. That's kind of a long rant there, but it, it's really just to give people some sort of background of kind of how, you know, Gary and I got started in all this. No, I think that's great too, because I enjoyed listening to it too. Uh, 
And basically, you know, the media, when you talk about media, I'm talking about newspapers and so on, you know, they're limited. And what I mean by they're limited in what their coverage can be, they only get so much space or so many words. But your Internet coverage, you and Gary's Internet coverage is unlimited, which means you can give all the space or all the insight and all the topics and all the things about USC Trojan football, while, while the media side of it, the writers can't, because they have other space in the papers that other sports have to be covered. And I want to give you a compliment, uh, you and, and Gary Ryan, as I follow uh, football really a lot, as you know, and, and I go around the different sites and so on throughout around the country just to see what they're doing. And the other sites don't even compare to you guys. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to put down UCLA, but I guess I am. Their site doesn't even compare with what you guys are doing. And I'm sure that the UCLA guy is a friend of yours, so I don't even know him. But you guys really present something that people get something out of. And if I don't do a podcast or if you don't come up with an article or one of your writers doesn't come up with something, people want to know why. Because they look forward to whatever we can share in our opinion with them. And I think this is something that uh, you can't buy. You can't, I mean, you can't, because the experiences I have in coaching and playing the game and being around pro players and college kids and high school kids and broadcasts, you can't learn that in college. That's something I learned on the job. That wasn't in a textbook. And what you've learned to do, you and Gary, is to how to get that out the things that maybe you don't know, you get a guy like me or you get somebody else to help you get it out so people have a variety of ways of making their opinion on what they like to listen to or read as far as on your Internet services. So it's absolutely fantastic what you did. At first, I didn't even understand this. And now I do understand what you're doing and so on, and it's absolutely wonderful. And, Ryan, you do a great job. Gary's done a great job, and it's it's unfortunate that we have to talk about this at a time when Gary couldn't hear it. Maybe he is hearing it, Gary. I'm sorry, buddy. I know you're hearing it, if anybody. And uh, to hear just what exactly how the we appreciate each other and how I appreciate you guys, too, as far as assisting me, as far as when I have you on my radio shows, to give me your viewpoints on certain things that my listeners want to hear. So I think it's just a great industry, as you said, and it's very unfortunate that we have to do this at this time. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's like you would, I mean, it wasn't like we would go to each other's house or anything. I wouldn't say, you know, he's a, a good friend or a friend or anything, but it was, it was more like he was family. Like the, the, you know, you have a cousin that you, you know, there's a connection to, but you don't call every day or talk to all the time. Um, but he was a fixture there. You would, you know, sitting in that chair at the, at the end of the, the row at USC practice, taking his notes and checking things out. And, you know, we, we did a lot of stuff, um, you know, similar stuff, a lot of stuff, you know, together where, you know, I think I remember meeting with Tim Tesalone the first time when we were, uh, using, um, like, uh, video reporters and we had both, uh, you know, that was something that was new. And I remember, you know, both of us sitting in Tim's office, like kind of explaining what we wanted to do. And now there, you're, there's a fixture at practice. You see, you know, people doing that all over the place. We, we saw like what would be on television. It's like, Hey, that's something we could try to do on the internet. And like you said, there was, 
there wasn't the limitations. There wasn't, you weren't, there wasn't like, oh, uh, there's only, you got 10 inches. The LA Times has 10 inches or five, whatever it was to cover practice. We could put notes uh, on anything. And I think that's what people like where you would get uh, the backup fullback had a great run. You know, you would never see that in a report on the LA Times, but on the internet, we could do it if we if we had enough. You know, we saw that and we knew the people and we knew what was going on or whatever. We could put those notes in there, and I think the fans really appreciated that because it was it was a different kind of coverage than what they were used to. The internet opened up all these opportunities, and on the recruiting side, especially, uh, it was huge because there was you know so much out there there was one 900 numbers people would call and things like that um and then the internet you know allowed a lot more and uh that really helped the sites grow and i think you know with, with Pete carroll and usc rolling it wasn't just the the team doing well that was big but the recruiting side he changed the game and made it cool to stay in california again if you were a recruit and i think that was was bigger than almost anything because recruiting is where, you know, if if you want to follow recruiting coverage, you weren't getting it in traditional media. You had to go to sites like ours. Uh, but the, even the schools couldn't put out, they wouldn't put out a press release if some kid got an offer or anything. They could only talk about after signing day when everybody signed. So there was this big void. And I think that's something that we both, um, you know, kind of realized and, and and tried to fill for, for USC fans. And there was obviously... Uh, a lot of fans that wanted, there was a need there and we were, you know, kind of early guys in there uh, to provide it. So it's hard, it's hard for me to picture coach like doing this and not, and not having Gary there doing it too, you know, cause it's been so long where we, we've both been there and uh, it, you know, it's just, it really just makes me sad knowing that he's not going to be part of it anymore. You know, Ryan, I agree a hundred percent. I was just thinking about it when you were talking, we, uh, we go to practice and I might come over to you or somebody and I'll say, where's Gary today? Well, I'll go over to, you know, Joey and I'll say, uh, where's Ryan today? It's like a little click. If you know what I mean? Uh, we sort of look forward to seeing who's there, or who's not there. And, uh, you guys work and I walk around and bother all of you. I know that, <laughs> but I like to do that because I like to be friends of everybody. Plus I like to get, what you might be thinking about or looking at. And sometimes you ask me what I'm thinking about and looking at, and we share that information, which is a great a relationship. There weren't any secrets. We told everybody what we thought and uh, we didn't steal from each other. We just communicated with each other. And I think that's what we try to do too, with you on this podcast and other methods of getting the news out to you. But maybe, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm going to feel the same way you do when we go to spring practice or whatever. And uh, I look over there and I know exactly where Gary used to sit in that chair. And uh, I tried it once and couldn't get out of it. <laughs> so I went and bought one. <laughs> I had, yeah, but, uh, I, I broke down this year, Coach. I would, you would, I get jealous of seeing Gary and uh, Greg Katz. You know, they would sit in those chairs down there. And I ended up bringing, uh, I think I, I got a chair at the Masters a couple of years ago, and I brought that this past year. <laughs> so I started I started getting the chair, too. So I, I followed Gary's lead. I, I, I held off for years, but then uh, this past year I started bringing it every once in a while. Not all the time, but I brought it every once in a while. No, I think you're getting smarter as you get older. <laughs> and I started bringing one, Ryan, this year, too. I never brought one until this year when I used to look down there and I'd say, I wish he'd get out of that chair so I can sit in it <laughs> a little bit. 
And then occasionally he wouldn't, and I'd walk down and sit in it. And uh, when he came back, I'd get out of it. Yeah. But uh, it is it is great, and uh, I'm very sorry. And again, uh, our condolences to all of you that know, know Gary and his family and so on. And I'm sure, Gary, you'll keep everybody updated on where and what the services might be so that those who know Gary, uh, if they feel they're 10, they can yeah. Uh, for, well, well, we just, I mean, we just heard, we haven't heard anything about services yet. Um, Nick in uh, Cyprus wrote in about it. Uh, he said, first, happy MLK day to everyone. Yeah. It's Martin Luther King day. Um, happy that, uh, Martin Luther King day to everyone. He said, can we have a moment of silence for the passing of a longtime beat writer, Gary Paskowitz? He will surely be missed. Uh, my question. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so he had a, a, a football question, but yeah, well, let's have a little moment of silence for, for Gary P. That's a good idea, Nick. Yeah, we'll, we'll miss you, Gary. And uh, we're going to, we'll talk a little bit more. I'm going to have uh, Peter Arbogast texted me this morning and uh, he, he's going to come on in, after this. So we'll, I'll have uh, Peter Arbogast on. I, he's got some, he worked with Gary a lot, the voice of the Trojans. So we have some unique views. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about the team too, since it's a USC podcast. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that. I mean, Nick had a question, coach, for you. Um, what is your criteria for hiring a strength? And conditioning coach, he said, "Fight on and RIP to Gary P." Well, you know, again, I I think I've said this before. You really have to know what you want, and that's the responsibility of the head football coach of knowing exactly what you need to have to win, and and your system, uh, and what type of offense and defense you you run, uh, endurance on top of strength, or just power, depending on what you're going to do in the offense and defensive lines. And I think you build your programs on what you do with these kids around that. Uh, everybody doesn't do the same program. Your defensive backs don't do the same program as your defensive linemen. Your offensive linemen don't do the same program as your receivers. You have individual workouts for each one of them, and you look at them and you say you need a lot of upper body strength or your legs uh, are not developed to what your upper body is, and you've got to be have these guys with someone who knows what they're doing and has proven he can do it somewhere else. And what I mean by that, I'm just saying you don't you don't learn on the job at USC in any capacity, in academics, in nutrition, in the weight room, or strength and conditioning, or offensive coordinator, or defensive line. Or, or whatever, director of football operations, you don't learn on the job at USC. You come well qualified with a resume uh, with your past indicating you know what you're doing and you know what to expect. And you communicate with these people to tell them, hey, this is what we need, this is what we're lacking, we got to get this going better, and or I haven't had the discipline in the weight rooms I want, or they don't wear the uniforms. I, I want everybody to be in the same shoes, the same socks, the same shirts, and, and on time and all of the above, just like a game. Every day is like a game in the weight room. You've got to be able to have your philosophy as a head football coach that, of course, your strength and conditioning coach follows. So this is all part of the head coach's responsibility of putting a program together and a staff together and a secretarial staff together, and really you're only as good as what surrounds you. 
believe me, when I was out of the office, when I was a head football coach, my secretary knew more about what decision I would make on a call. Like if someone for the administration called down and she would say he's out of the office, well, we have this problem. I'd rather have her make the decision, but she spends more time with me than anybody else than somebody else because she knows how I think. And she would know exactly if it was an emergency, what I might say. So it's really important that you have the options of trusting and having the loyalty and and all the things that are necessary around you as a head football coach is we always say you're only as good as what surrounds you, and you've got to be able to pick out what your weaknesses are in your program and then make them better by yourself, first of all, setting an example, and then getting people to follow your example and doing what needs to be done. And I think this is where most of it's got to be start with the head coach. Yeah, coach. And uh, just so people, I mean, the so what the reports are coming out is that Ivan Lewis is going to join Pete Carroll up in Seattle. Um, he let go of Chris Carlisle, his longtime uh, strength and conditioning coach, who was Adam, you know, with here at USC with Pete Carroll, then went up to Seattle. So that that's we haven't heard anything official from USC, of course, and we haven't, um, you know, it's been. I don't, I don't believe it. I was traveling yesterday. I don't believe anything official came out of Seattle at the time, but that looks like what's going to happen. So Clay Houghton could be in the, in the uh, market for a new strength and conditioning coach. So we'll kind of keep you abreast of what's going on with that. I uh, want to also thank our sponsor, Southern California tickets. Uh, the Rams are in the Super Bowl, coach. Uh, so, hey, you want to go to the Super Bowl? You can go to SoCalTix.com uh, or call up 1-800-888-7287. Or, you know, if you want to get tickets for anything here in Southern California, across the country, you know, including the Rams, you know, the, you want to see the Clippers, you want to see the Lakers. Uh, when LeBron comes back and all that stuff, you can go to SC tickets and they will help you out. Um, coach, the other big opening is uh, with USC's offensive coordinator position and haven't heard much since Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, resigned, went on to the Arizona Cardinals and he's the head coach, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals now. We heard from, you know, Clay Helton at the time, you know, said over the next couple of weeks, uh, we haven't really heard a whole lot coming from USC. And it's, it's, I guess it's one of those things where sometimes when things aren't going all that well, there's, you know, you could say the athletic department's been in battle. There's the, you know, controversy with Lin Swan banning the song girls and all this stuff. There's just not been a lot of great news coming out of there. So I feel like USC's kind of circled the wagons and, and sort of, uh, close things off and we haven't we haven't heard much uh coming out of that but I, I want do you have any thoughts on on that uh I mean I think it's with early signing period over it's not as important but you got to get something somewhat before signing day and then I think most importantly you want to get someone in place to whatever system is going to be run now you get it ready for spring football because that's you know that's what you got to get ready for usually it starts in early March there's not a lot of time between now and and then um, you want your offensive coordinator in place so you can kind of teach everyone what they got to, you know, what they're going to be doing when spring football starts. And you don't want to lose practices in the spring because it's taking a while to install everything. So maybe kind of get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'd be happy to, Ryan. I think what it is, is uh, it's definitely going to be a part of the Los Angeles Rams. And I think that uh, right now, whoever it is coming over, and I think it's Jed Fish that the uh, Trojans are not going to mingle or attempt to contact him any farther than what has already been done. And they have made the Super Bowl, so I think that he'll be there with uh, 
the Rams, uh, trying to win that Super Bowl. And then I think in two weeks they'll announce that he's going to be the offensive coordinator at USC. It's the only reason why they haven't announced it is because it's someone coming from the NFL, and it's one of those four teams. Now, two of those teams are gone. So now I think there would be something that uh, would maybe be attractive for uh, USC as far as getting someone who coached at UCLA, someone who coached at Michigan, someone now who's been at the Los Angeles Rams and the success they have, and to come on over to USC. And I think he'd do a great job if he instilled the same type of offense. It's not a pass-heavy-down offense, but it's a mismatch type of offense. What I think USC can really, really uh, do a lot of. Now, I'm not saying uh, that he'll use all of what McVeigh uses, but I think he'll use a lot of it because I think that they work closely together, and I think that it would really fit uh, the uh, athletes that, of course, USC has. Uh, but again, you'd have to get uh, really uh, more physical in the offensive line because I think the Rams' offensive line does a great job as they run the football. And obviously, they didn't run it last uh, yesterday. But what got them there was uh, Gurley and Anderson and the play-action pass that they have. Their play-action pass series is absolutely awesome. And they go on the center. And they do different things that you and I have been talking about on this podcast for 10 years. They go into center. They're in the gun. They do different things. They play-action pass. They stretch the defense. They utilize their tight end. I think it would be a great fit for USC. And uh, I really think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. We, you know, no news yet. Um, hear little rumblings, but not not a lot. And I think it's important. It's a big hire for for Clay Helton, and I think it could really set the tone uh, for what's to come. I think the Cliff Kingsbury hire did set the tone. This now will. It's kind of a reset, and uh, I think it's important. I think there's a lot of USC fans out there, coach, that are really wondering what the heck is going on. Uh, you know, who's going to be. Is it going to is it going to be the same offense? Is it going to you know the one from last year? Is it going to be the the air raid? Is something in between? Um, I, I I just feel like fans are kind of on on edge right now, coach. And it's you know it's an offensive coordinator. It's not the end of the world, but the way the USC football train has been going, it it, it sort of feels like it feels like this is really really important uh, for Clay Helton to kind of set the tone going into 2019. Oh, it's really important, Ryan. It really is, and. Uh... I think that uh, Jed Fish and what he would do offensively, I think people would be excited. I really do. Plus, he'd run the offense, and you've got to give him complete say of the offense. Clay Helton's got to be the head football coach and let him run the offense, develop the offense, bring along the quarterbacks, and again, you know, have open competition, and whoever the quarterback is that fits his schemes will be the quarterback. And uh, there's no promises or anything like that. Uh, the best guys play. And I think this is what you have to do as far as at all positions on the offensive, defensive side of the ball, get your players on the field. Get your players on the field. Have a philosophy. I think the best thing to happen is keep Clay or Coach Helton out of the offense completely, out of the defense completely, approve the game plans, know what's going on on both sides of the football, improve the special teams, and he should overlook that improve the special teams and be a head football coach and let these experts, so-called experts, as they should be if you're at USC, uh, coach their individual efforts and be responsible for them. Yeah, I, I think that's really important, Coach. That's one thing I've said is I, it doesn't matter to me what system you're going to run. I just feel like you need someone's system, someone that's good at what they do, bring in a system, 
and use it and let Clay Helton, you know, be more of the CEO of this team. Cause I think it's really important that everything works right in 2019. Cause uh, like it or not, I think he's coaching for his job. A lot of people felt he shouldn't have the job still, but if you're going to get tied down in like, well, I want to be part of play calling or whatever. I just don't think that's going to serve yeah. you well. I think it's something that bring in someone that they're good at what they do and manage everybody and try to make the, you know, it's, it's a really talented team still coach and you can make it work. You can win the PAC 12 South, uh, but you got to make all the pieces work together. And I think in 2018, they just didn't work together. No, I agree with you. Uh, and I think that they can put it together. If you allow someone that has the knowledge to come in and do it, uh, don't bring someone in that doesn't have the knowledge to do it, please. You're making a mistake. Bring someone in that has the ability to do that and take care of it. Don't hire somebody that you have to watch after. Bring in somebody that you have the confidence in that will improve your offensive side of the football so that we aren't talking every week on Monday about what they should have done is what they did. And I think that's what's important, and I think that I agree with you. USC can turn it around. They just got to get it going in the right way and to make some changes, a lot of little changes. And uh, do it right. And I think Clay Helton has to be a little tougher on his coaches and on his players and demand more discipline and more esprit de corps and all the things that are necessary to be a head football coach. And uh, I think uh, that uh, uh, things could work out for them. I, at least I certainly hope it works that way. Yeah, uh, we'll see, Coach. But, I, yeah, I agree with you 100% there. And uh, we'll see next Maybe next week or so we'll know something. Maybe today. I mean, who knows? Uh, we'll we'll find out. You know, we'll let you know when we find out uh, what's going on. Um, all right, Coach. Well, thanks for uh, coming. I know it's not the, uh, you know, this, it's just it's just sad. It's a, you know, and uh, it, I, I appreciate everyone downer, listening to man. us. Yeah, it's it, a downer, man. I'm really down. I really am. Um, and you know, it's like you feel weird still talking about USC football, but that's that's what Gary would want you to do. You know, that's, that's what he loved to do. Uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, he's up in heaven somewhere, uh, you know, write a story about, uh, the latest USC commitment. You know, I could see him doing that. Um, so we, you know, it's, it's just, it's a sad day for everyone that's been around. And if you didn't know Gary, I, I, I'm, I feel bad because he's just, he's just one of those genuinely nice guys that, um, you know, you, you wouldn't forget, you wouldn't forget meeting Gary. I agree, Ryan. And uh, again, I want to thank you for the opportunity of being on uh, this podcast as we do every week. And uh, your staff does a great job, too. And again, as we said earlier, uh, uh, Gary Pasquitz, rest in peace. We love you and uh, always will. Ryan, thank you. Yeah, fight on forever, Gary. And uh, we'll be back in just a sec. We're going to talk to uh, Peter Arbogast a little bit about the the team and, of course, uh, uh, Gary's passing. Okay, uh, we we got uh, switch lines. Uh, thanks to Coach Harvey Hyde for coming on, and now we have uh, the voice of the Trojans, uh, Pete Arbogast, who's nice enough to come on. I got a text from with him this morning when I was driving in the office. I'm like, you know what? He would be a great person to talk to because he's known Gary a long time, worked with him a long time, and uh, I thought it'd be perfect to talk to you, Pete. So thanks for agreeing to come on in such short notice. You bet, Ryan. Uh, you know, my phone blew up overnight, but I didn't find out till this morning when I woke up what had happened. Yeah, just um, the, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. It, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just when you get that news, you're like, "What?" It's it's like you can't believe it. Well, I had gone to see him in the hospital 
several times while he was in and, and he was doing great. You know, I mean, he was just like his normal self with uh, minor adjustments is all. Uh, and, and, uh, he was doing so well that they kicked him out of there. You know, I mean, they didn't want him anymore. Um, so he went home and we talked on Friday and, uh, we were going to go uh, see JJ, uh, later this week and, you know, grab a burger and just, just hang out, uh, which we've been known to do from time to time. Um, you know, he, I worked for him for a while writing a blog over on, on his site. Um, and, and really when I, when I got to practice, no offense to anybody else, but he, he's really my best friend at practice. I sat with him and talked with him more than anybody because we just hit it off years and years ago. And, and we, we talked about everything from high school football and his North Hollywood at my Marshall to, uh, politics to movies to music. I mean, you know, we just talked about everything. Uh, never mind what the, you know, the mundane practice right in front of us was going on. Well, he's trying to keep notes and we're chewing each other's ears off. <laughs> uh, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's just a shock. Cause he was doing, he was doing great. He was doing great. Um, yeah, so I didn't realize you had gone to go see him. So he was, he was in the hospital for, for a little while, right? And then obviously there was some sort of setback. But that that's, I mean, that you were like making plans to go see JJ, another great Trojan. It's like unbelievable though what's been going on lately. Well, he had Gary had a minor stroke, uh, which we were joking is a stroke that happens to somebody else and not you. <laughs> um, and and. and that was, well, he missed, he had Christmas and New Year's in the hospital. Um, but, you know, he's watching TV and reading books. I took him a couple of books and, you know, and he, he received visitors certainly too. Uh, his, his stroke, he had a little bit of slurred speech at first and, um, and uh, one of his legs was a little bit wonky. So they were walking him around the hospital a lot to try to get the strength back up. Uh, and by the time they got rid of him, uh, he was doing fine. He might've walked with a cane for a couple of months and, and built his strength back up. And I asked him on Friday, say, how you doing? He goes, eh, some, you know, some days I feel great. And other days it's just kind of meh. Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, I said, well, I feel like that every day. Said, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm 64 and I feel by that's the way it works. And, and he agreed that it was just a regular part of getting old. And he was looking forward to getting back to spring ball. I mean, everything was normal. He was looking forward to getting back to spring ball and, and uh, getting ready to go. It's uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I talked about like on the first segment with coach Harvey Hyde, where we both, you know, started sites in the, you know, mid to late nineties and had to work together with Tim Tesla to try to make like USC look at the internet as legitimate media. And it was, I felt like it was, he was a partner in a fight that we were, we're battling together, even though we were competitors. Um, what do you remember? Like when you first met Gary, what, what was that like? Well, I know that Tim is a, is a, a good pragmatist. Uh, and, and so he took it slowly at first yeah. to make sure that, uh, you know, cause he's got to deal with guys that have been on radio and TV for a hundred years, trying to, everybody's trying to get a spot in the press box. And so to make, to be the first guy to make that move, uh, you know, you got to look at it pretty carefully and see what the readership is and, and that sort of thing. And of course, when you guys started, there wasn't much call for it, but it grew and grew and grew until the point where Tim said, okay, this is a, this is a legit thing now. And, and, and people are reading it and listening. And, and, and then you guys had video and, and it just blew up. So 
he did, I think Tim did the right thing and did it the right way as well. I, he, he was cautious, but, but, uh, but really smart about it. Uh, and you guys knew that that was going to happen. It was going to be a, a tough fight at first. Hell, you know, I think back to the, the early days, you know, I wasn't there. I was a kid, but you know, the Southern California sports broadcasters is an electronic medium. And in the old days when it was put together in 1958, it was put together because writers for newspapers were the only guys led into press boxes and uh, not press boxes, but, but locker rooms after games. Oh. And, and, and then when the writers were done, they would open the door and let the electronic media come in and do their work. And, and the electronic media didn't think that that was fair, uh, which it wasn't. And, and it changed because of the Southern California sports broadcasters. So your, your dealings back in the in the 90s are not dissimilar to what happened in the 50s to, to radio and TV guys uh, who were trying to get in the locker rooms. Um, I, I, you know, I don't remember the first time I met Gary uh, um, or you, for that matter. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it either. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, you're, you're just at practice and we introduce each other and I say, what do you do? And you tell me and, and then I go, oh, that's interesting. And then I go and get on the website. I was... You know, I'm a member of both, and 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 then I then I start to get interested in that sort of thing. I don't have time to pay attention to recruiting stuff during the season. I, you know, that's a that's an off season hobby for me. I got enough to worry about during the season. Um, but I, I remember I remember the sites, and I remember meeting both of you at, at around that time. That's you know, and then you get to talk to guys and get to know them as you go along, and that's what you do. Yeah. As it's, yeah, I'm trying to remember too. Like, now when did when would I say I met Pete Arbogast? And, and you know, Gary's as true of a Trojan as you could be. You know, and I, I know, you know, him just having a friendship with someone like you, it had to mean the world to him. You know, you're the voice of the Trojans. I know that had to mean the world to him. Well, and as you know, I'm like the most regular guy in the world. So yeah, I, there's there's zero star quality here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, one of the things that we did that was so fun and, and kind of eerily weird at this point, cause I'm, you know, looking behind my back now for obvious reasons, JJ and Gary and I, for the last few years have been the panel speakers at the, uh, Trojan club out in Caneo Valley for their kickoff dinner, at Braemar country club, every August, big spread, you know, it's great. We have a great time. And they interview us and we interview each other and talk about the coming season. We give our predictions and, and, and we just have a blast up there, all three of us. Uh, and it, it, I would assume, I mean, Gary's not going to be there, but I would assume JJ's probably not going to participate this coming season in that event. So uh, it'll be, uh, maybe it'll be you and Harvey Hyde and me. I don't, you know, who knows what, what it's going to be like, but I, we looked forward to that. Like nothing else. We started talking about that in March. Oh, the food was the food was so good. They have, <laughs> they have a, 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 you know, it's a big time country club, but so they would bring out the crab legs and you know the really good stuff. The prime rib was going, and, and we we always looked forward to that event. And so we started joking about it, you know, early in the year because we're, we're we're saving up room in our stomachs to to get there. Well, hopefully JJ's feeling better. I mean, I, I haven't heard in the last few weeks, but it seems like progress. Um, you know, he was in the hospital. I think he's still in the hospital, but I feel like. Oh, yeah. he's, he's made some progress, right, on that front. I see him once a week. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go in more than that. I know he gets a lot of visitors. 
Um, and he, and if you if you want to send cards, you could do that to the Torrance Memorial Hospital. He got moved. He was in intensive care. This happened around my birthday in early December, uh, and now we're six or seven weeks out now. Um, at at first, uh, you know, it was pretty horrific. Uh, he was in bad shape, no question. He had a major stroke, um, and. I don't want to go into the details of, but it, it wasn't pretty. Let, yeah. me, let me put it that way. Um, for the first few weeks afterwards, uh, he was pretty out of it. Um, he, he could communicate a little bit. Uh, and, but like I went last Friday and, uh, and I, you can understand his speech completely. He's not slurring his words. Uh, it used to be, you'd have to get pretty close to his mouth to hear him. Now he, now he talks and, and you can understand him. Um, he's not up and around. That's for sure. Not yet. Okay. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be a long haul for JJ, uh, to get back from this for sure. It's, uh, and it takes a long time. I was talking to his nurse and she said, it's a, a very slow process. Uh, and, and it's going to take a long time for him to get back to, to uh, any semblance of normalcy. They just don't know how, what that sense, what that normalcy will look like for him. There's no way of telling because everybody's a little bit different in the way they react to, to, what's going on inside their bodies. So um, he's very appreciative of all the people that come by and all the people that have sent cards and, and talked about him. And uh, he knows what's going on. He's fully cognizant of that. His memory's great. Uh, he hasn't lost any of that. He's got a sense of humor, a little bit of a gallows sense of humor, but a sense of humor <laughs> nevertheless. And, uh, and uh, you know, geez, he's a former pro athlete and you know what kind of fighter he is. So yeah. if anybody has got a chance, to, to rally out of this kind of thing, it'd be a guy like JJ. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, definitely our thoughts and prayers with him. And, uh, I know we posted on the, the, there was a, they gave a PO box, I think in Redondo beach that, uh, people could yeah. send cards and stuff to, um, you, we, and, and he's getting them all. He's getting them all. Great. That's awesome. And um, I talked to, I talked to his wife. I talked to his sister pretty regularly. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, his kids are very concerned, obviously, uh, John Jr. Jr. John the third is coming this spring as a preferred walk-on and uh, his sister, or his daughter rather, his younger daughter is, is going to be, uh, I think she's going into her junior year in high school, but she's already been recruited and committed to USC soccer program. Quite oh, the wow. athlete from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Very athletic family. Yeah. Uh, uh, John, his son is, uh, is great. It was fun to cover him at Sarah and uh, it'll be great to see him around. USC, but we, you know, wishing him a speedy recovery. Yeah, nice, nice kid. I don't know where he got it. I <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just when you think about it, it's so baffling to have, you know, Gary and Jay, like two guys that you, you know, a, a three-person panel, and to have two of them. Yeah, it just makes you like, you know, just cherish well, every day. I'm, saying. I'm, I'm looking over my shoulder right now. You know? <laughs> it's like so cherish every sure day, though, I'm right? Done. You know, it's like I'm, eat, I'm eating the right food and I'm, I'm exercising regular. So uh, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. Well, you do your you do the great work in, in, the, in the hospitals as well. So, I mean, that's a I mean, it's a testament to what you've been doing. It's just sad that you have to do this with a couple of friends now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And to go sit with them, you know, I mean, you just go sit with them and talk to them like you always would. You just, you know, do your best. Uh, I, if, if people know Pete Garbergast, you know, that the perfect day is when a, a day when USC wins and Notre Dame and UCLA loses the, no love lost for the, especially the Bruins across town. But I wanted to read this. I got a text from uh, Tracy Pearson who runs Bruin report online. So it's the, basically the, the UCLA site 
uh, you know, kind of what Gary and I do, but just for UCLA. And if you don't know, when sure. we, we talked about earlier, uh, when Gary joined the original rivals and then it broke off and became scout and rivals. I was on, I was on the next rivals and Gary was on scout and Bruin report online and Tracy Pearson were on scout. So they've been together. They've kind of grew up, you know, in this industry together as well. But he, I, te- I texted him and he texted me. He said, I was stunned to hear about Gary. Despite being college rivals, Gary and I were friends in this business. Oftentimes he and I relied on each other for support, counseling and business strategy. When we first started out with the sites, Many times it was kind of Gary and I against the world in many ways. Uh, it's easy to get uh, contentious with a rival, but Gary, with his professionalism and class, made it impossible. I'm in shock and deeply saddened. R.I.P. Gary. So thanks, uh, Tracy Pearson, for sending that over. I, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, the ability of uh, WeRSC.com to remain a viable product without him. I don't know who has the business acumen or the chops to run it. Uh, Greg Katz has done a good job as his number two, and I'm thinking maybe he's the obvious choice, but I, I just don't know what the future of that of that site uh, is at this point. Obviously, it's a little early in the game to discuss that. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll reach out to Greg and Lizelle, and they do a, a great job, and I've known Eric uh, McKinney for a long time, and if there's anything I can you know, help them behind the scenes, it's not, it's not easy, and these sites become... You know, we didn't know what we were doing when we started, but it becomes your like, it's like your everyday, it's, it's part of you, you know, it's, it's really, and when people come up to you, they, you know, they'll talk to you like, and you probably get this as well. I mean, a lot more than we do, but they'll talk to you like they know you because they've read about you or, sure. you know, it's, it's incredible. The kind of re you don't realize the kind of reach that you end up having. And it's, it's part of your personality. And we RSC was just part of Gary P's personality. You become part of people's families, like Tom Kelly was for for me and you. Listening to a guy like that uh, growing up, uh, you know, he's, he's he's part of the family. He's like like any great sportscaster that you listen to. You listen to him all the time, and he's in your house and he's in your car. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, it's, it's it's not going to be the same world uh, for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine like like you said going to practice. I I was talking with Coach Hyde, and both Coach Hyde and I would bring. We started to bring chairs this year because Gary's done it for years yeah. and we kind of get jealous. You know? yep. So I think that'll be the tradition to keep going. I'm like, going to keep bringing my chair uh, to think of Gary. Yeah, we should leave a chair over there just for him, you know, empty one of those things for a year. Yeah, I think that would be, be a nice, a nice gesture. I haven't heard anything about a service yet, but uh, they're thinking about having perhaps something on campus for the for the fans to come and, and, and uh, celebrate his life. That'd be great. Um, we'll let, yeah, we'll yeah. try to tweet out whatever, uh, whatever we hear, obviously, it's, you know, the news is fresh and people have been asking, but, uh, when we hear anything uh, about services, we'll let people know. Um, sure. I, I, I talked with coach Hyde a little bit at the end and I thought we'd do it with you too. It's like Gary wouldn't want you to not talk about USC football. Cause that's what he loved <laughs> the most. Um, I, we, th- we could do a project, but what, what have you thought about what's been kind of going on? Obviously it wasn't the greatest season and a lot of turmoil and stuff, but I mean, you've seen a lot of stuff like this over the years and, and USC's always bounced back. Yeah, we do have hills and valleys, don't we? Um, <laughs> and this is, this is not the first rodeo for me. I've been, I've been in uh, Rose Bowl years and, and, and sub 500 years. And, and I'd rather have the, the former than the latter. That's for sure. Uh, and that being said, 
and I don't say I haven't said this to very many people uh, out in the world, but but I'm going to throw this at you, and, and you can tell me what you think. I think if Porter Gustin doesn't get hurt and or kicked out of a game, uh, SC instead of being five and seven might be more close to being uh, eight and five, eight and four. You know, go to a bowl game, uh, something like that. Uh, they they almost positively in my mind beat UCLA, Arizona State, and Cal if he's healthy and and going full speed. One guy makes a difference on, on a football team, and we, you know it, it, it wasn't much that lost the games against those three teams. So the difference between five and seven and, and seven and five is is or even eight and four is is pretty minuscule. Uh, still five and seven is pretty pretty ugly. Uh, but we're glad it's over. Let's, let's, let's go there. Glad that's done. We didn't play in a bowl game, so that cost me a paycheck. That's oh. not good. I know. I know. I'm, I'm it's hard to think to about that. When we go, yeah, like, we go play the national championship game. I'm getting like a 16-game season. I'm, I'm in. Yes. Count me in. <laughs> you know, people want to say, how, you know, how come you're a homer? Well, there's a reason. <laughs> uh, right there. No, I, I, I root for SC anyway because I'm a big SC fan. Yeah, um, I think this season will be a better season than it was. I'm glad that some of the changes that have been made have been made. Uh, the schedule lightens up a little bit. I mean, Texas BYU is a is a switch. Uh, Oregon's going to be a pretty good football team. Washington Washington State may be kind of a wash, especially with the losses that Washington's going to experience from uh, graduation and and moving to the NFL kind of guys. We didn't lose anybody. Uh, which is uh, really unusual for USC. I, I, I kind of I'm vacillating between a ten and three, a nine and four looking season, uh, and, and we'll see. Uh, I I think Utah's probably going to be the favorite going into the in the South. I mean, this is we're you know this is a January talk, right? So it's a little early. <laughs> Not uh, even spring ball yet. Not even signing day yet. <laughs> right, right. It's a little early. Um, I think Utah might be the favorite, but I kind of like our chances to be in the mix there, but I don't know that we're going to win the Pac-12 South. Uh, I like 2020 on the horizon as being a really, really good year. Um, this one, I think, is going to be a good season, and, and I'd like to think that we could win 10 games, and that, that, would, be, that would be a really nice comeback from a 5-7 and seven season. What's it like? Uh, and I agree with you on Porter Gustin. I think USC could win a couple more games just with him. I mean, he led the Pac-12. They, they, and- they might have even beaten Texas. Yeah, that he not got kicked out. He led the 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 Pac-12 in sacks, like you know, for a month or two after he was hurt. So I know, I know. <laughs> he controlled the field. He controlled the center of the field, and and uh, there's no way they lose to Cal and Arizona State, and they probably also beat UCLA if he's out there. Yeah. Um. What What is it like for you? I mean, you're, you're the voice of the team when especially now in the internet age, it's maybe it's a little bit different than, uh, than other years. Um, it, just the way everyone can express their opinion so quickly and easily. I mean, I know Gary dealt with it on his site with the message boards. I deal with it on mine. There's a lot of negativity. Um, and you know, it's not like the, everyone's wrong about stuff, but man, it, sometimes it just gets taken to a whole nother level. Uh, is that hard for you to kind of deal with when, you know, you're out there wow. being the voice of the team? Well, you get a little older, you get a little wiser, maybe, um, and, and you're able to see things in slow motion. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, cool the jets sort of thing. 
you don't you don't quite have to panic as much as some people have. Uh, another five and seven season, sure. Panic, put your panic hats on. That's that that'd be okay. Uh, and I know we're all talking about the coach and the decision to bring him back and all that, uh, which is way above my pay grade, and I stay out of that completely. Uh, and I support our coach, whoever our coach is, and I support our athletic director, whoever he is, and I support our school president, whoever he is or she. Uh, and when they change, then I support that one. Um, and, and as a result, you, just, you know, my job is really simple, uh, Ryan. I, I call plays of a football game. I don't even have to know much about football to do that. And, and uh, having never played the game, uh, of course, I've learned it over the years. But having never played the game, I, I, I leave that to Paul McDonald or John Jackson, or guys that are who are, you know, well versed in the in how to how to play the game, the X's and O's of the game. So, my, you know, if I just stick to my job and stay off the sidelines, <laughs> I, th- I think I, I think I do pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, I want I want my team to win. I want my team to win every game, as much as I want UCLA and Notre Dame to lose every game. Uh, I, I want my team to win every game. Uh, it makes it easier. To, it's more fun to be there. It's more fun to broadcast the games. Um, but I'm looking for an exciting game uh, and one where there's things to talk about and have fun. I mean, because, look, we get 13 of them a year, generally speaking, and uh, that's it. That's all we get. And and so we we, we all live for those 13 days yeah. and the build up to it. Uh yeah, I hear the negativity, and it's, it's it's just no fun. It's much better when you're winning. Yeah. So let's go win. All right. That sounds good. Um, Peter Arbogast, the voice of the Trojans, um, thanks so much for spending a few minutes. And I, I you know, wish it was for a different reason than, than uh, you know, talking about the passing of, of someone we've known for a long time. But uh, I, I do appreciate Boy, coming no on. No kidding. And way too young. Uh, and way too soon, and it's it's so sad. I'll I'll see you soon, uh, Ryan. And then uh, thanks to all of your your readers and and uh, and, and listeners to this uh, as well. And uh, we'll see you all out there. Sounds good, Pete. Thanks so much, and uh, everyone else. Thank you so much um, for listening to our show. Uh, rest in peace, Gary Paskowitz, and and fight on forever. <laughs>